last Christmas on What's on Joe Mind. Get your mom on the phone. We need to tell her to teach you a little better. No. Is the immigrant visiting right now? Yes. She's our mama. She loves Mike and Carson. Well, we're pretty awesome. You guys are pretty awesome. In, I have to say. in, in our defense, we do earn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So insincere. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to What's Welcome. On Joe Mind. This is episode number 114. Yes, we are back on the old numbering system because, eh, why not? It actually made sense. We uh, figured it out. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, we, we finally got everybody together and we reused everybody's hands and there was enough fingers. My name is Mike Irizarry. With me tonight, of course, the lovely and talented Joe Colton. You've already heard her. Joe, how are you? Good. How are you? I am doing good. Been, what, about six weeks since we chatted? Yeah. I mean, over the phone, anyway. We IMs and whatnot. But yes. We throw texts around. Yeah, like, you, you do text a lot. It's good, especially when I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it alone. It's, it's okay. I don't need an instant response. It's, you're driving. Don't pick up the phone. Uh-huh. That's why people send text messages. <laughs> you understand. That's why that, that works that way, right? I guess. Oh. <sighs> Listen, I have the bottle of wine. I'm ready for this. Let's, Look, I, let's... I will not be responsible for your premature death on the side of a road. Uh, also joining us this evening, serving the dual role of guest and third host. You may know him from his dealings at JoeCon and Hasbro and all kinds of other podcasts where he's been popping up like crazy lately. Uh, Mr. Bobby Vala. Woo! <laughs> What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. It's a, it's a pleasure. Uh, I was very excited to actually finally come on the show, so thanks for having me. We are truly uh, legends in our own mind. Yeah, <laughs> more so Mike than me. I don't. I don't believe in anything. Man, she's bringing the ego out tonight. I don't know what's up. With I that. know. I'm like on the ball tonight. Well, you said it's been a while. It's been six weeks. I mean, I'll, it, that probably built up a little bit. Yeah, uh, a little hatred built up. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Colton, bringing the noise. No. We'll see if she also has the funk. Hmm. Oh. So, uh, Bobby, what you been up to? Working hard, man. For a guy who doesn't have a job anymore, I'm working really hard. Yeah, um, I feel you there. <laughs> yeah, like literally just, just working on uh, the new line for everyone who's seen the announcement. Um, you know, hard at work every day trying to get figures done and up and ready for uh, the Kickstarter uh, so that I stay on track for the end of April, maybe the first week of May, but that's what uh, I'm aiming for and I'm just trucking along, making sure uh, I hit those dates. I don't want to disappoint anyone. Excellent. We know you've made the rounds, but we're going to treat it like everybody's just dumb and doesn't know anything about your project sure. to this point, because really, if you listen to us, why would you listen to other programs? <laughs> we're, we're on every week, right? We're comprehensive. We put out an episode uh -huh. like every four days, right? <laughs> what 
with you. Anyhow. <laughs> so, Bobby, uh, first off, we'll just we'll throw the, the website out there. Uh, yeah. If we want to, if everybody wants to see images that are connected to the projects that we're talking about, and we'll be referring to them quite a bit uh, over the course of, of the next few minutes, you can head to... Valiverse.com. Valiverse is the company that I've created now that I'm no longer a Hasbro employee, thank God. <laughs> but yes, that is my company, and the flagship line that I will be launching with is... For those of you who have seen it, it is Action Force. It is my 6-inch or 1-18th scale military collector line with a whole story and characters that you can see on Valiverse.com. Just click on the Action Force toolbar drop-down and it'll bring you to you know the bio of the story, uh, the characters, character art. I've also put up artwork for all of the figures that I've shown so far, the characters that have gotten announced. And also on the site, I believe there are links to my Instagram and Facebook pages, which are both uh, the Valiverse. And I'm doing daily updates there. I'm getting constant sculpt uh, updates in. I put up uh, one today. And then I'm trying to, once a week, unveil a new character for the line. So that's that's been going really well. So far, each character that I unveil has gotten more and more positive feedback than the last, which is great. So I'm, I'm looking forward to announcing more and just showing way more stuff because it's coming in. I'm, I'm really happy with where it's all at. So people have been very excited for it. The more they see, we're getting closer to having prototypes made. Prototypes will be made, hand-painted samples so that you'll be able to see some when the Kickstarter starts. And then uh, when I'm at Joe Fest later in June, I'm hoping to have you know the whole line there. So like I said, hard at work just getting all that ready because uh, people have been really excited feedback's been great so i'm just looking forward to making this whole thing come to life what Thanks. you're really saying is i'm going to be broke at joe fest well you'll be you'll be broke in in may and then you'll be able to replenish when you get to joe fest at joe fest i'll have like some cool swag i'm gonna have uh t-shirts and patches and some art prints i got a special guest to do an art print for me so i'll have exclusive joe fest art prints there so yeah there'll be some cool swag so i'll have the you know the prototypes of the figures there so you'll be able to see them there and then uh if you didn't get in on the kickstarter there'll be some ways to maybe get some figures down the road but uh there'll be definitely some some stuff to buy to support the brand and some cool stuff to look at uh so if you did support the kickstarter you'll be able to see the protos when you're there. And just in case, make sure everybody at Joe Fest, maybe kick Bobby Vala a donut or something. Make sure he's fed. Just a donut. <laughs> just a donut. Just a donut. Just a donut, maybe a burger, something like that. You know. I'm a big burger fan, so if anyone wants to take me to lunch, I'll take uh, I'll take appointments. There you hey. go. <laughs> uh, Joe, Joe Colton, you're a guest at that show, right? I am a guest at that show. Yeah, I believe Carson's also a guest at that show. Yes, he yeah. is. I still waiting on my invite. Wow. Must have gotten lost in the mail. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Mm. You can you can come and hang out in my booth. There we you go. Can be his booth, babe. There you go. <laughs> right. I'm gonna have to Can can you can you cos you'll have to cosplay for me though. I got Devil's Do Bazooka in my back pocket, so Ooh. we'll get that done. I'll grow the mustache <laughs> in, we'll be alright. 
<laughs> you know what's cool? Uh, speaking of cosplay, is someone actually already reached out to me and told me that they're going to cosplay one of my characters at Joe Fest, and I was like, wow, the line kind of just started, and already someone wants to cosplay. That's pretty awesome. I have a feeling I know who this person is. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you probably do. <laughs> Am I missing something here? No. Yeah, you're not. You know. It down on the inside joke, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I'm out. I love an eclipse, by the way. I, I was thinking, you know, no one's cosplaying her yet. Damn it. <laughs> uh, Scott, I roped you in there. <laughs> Look at that. Cosplaying. All right. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Nice. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure I got military gear somewhere in here. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty easy, you know. You say that. I say that. <laughs> say that. You don't understand the attention to detail that this this woman has bobby it's um it's the kind of thing that uh, the night before she she may be uh, out on a murderous spree it's it's really it's pretty bad excellent excellent so breaking down into the nuts and bolts a little bit we'll start with the name action force yeah were you yeah, surprised uh... that that was just free and available for you a little surprised, yeah, but at the same time, when I realized it wasn't, I was like, well, I, I can understand it. The whole the whole Action Force thing, it's been like 90% positive and like 10% negative, and the 10% of the negative people are the people from the UK of course. that are like a little upset that I took Action Force. But when I kind of started to explain things on the message boards, people eased up a little bit. But when I knew I was going to do a line, I was trying to think about it, and Obviously, the reason I'm doing this is because Hasbro's not doing anything for the brand. They're not doing, you know, any any sort of six inch Joes anytime soon. And I looked at it as that's an area of the market that was open. You know, I, I didn't want to do three and three quarter because there's so many people doing really great three and three quarter inch figures. And I figured, you know what? Let me give people something fresh and see if it, it, it's something that'll catch on. You know. I worked on Marvel Legends, so I knew how hot of a scale 6-inch was, and uh, I felt that it was probably a good road to go down for this since no one was doing it, and uh, I said, all right, let's do it, and then thinking of, of a name, I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do, and then I was talking to a friend of mine, he said, you know, it'd be really cool if like it, it had some sort of tie to Joe, since basically I'm, I'm doing a 6-inch G.I. Joe, just not called G.I. Joe, and I started to think, and I, I love Action Force. I, I'm a huge fan, even not being from the UK. I just thought that the figures were so new, unique and such a, a nice spin on it. I said, let me, you know, so one night I was on the, the US trademark website and looking up things that were expired. And I came across Action Force and Hasbro abandoned it in 2005. And I was like, great. Put in the, the application for it a, a few days later because. I got my, my trademark attorney. I said, this is what I want to do. She was like, all right, let's do it. And uh, locked it down. So I got it. It was mine. You know, people were, were really upset because they thought that like, oh, well, Hasbro can never do Action Force again. And yes, that's true in a sense. They could never use the name ever again. <laughs> but, yeah, pretty awesome. So hey, you snooze, you lose, buddy. That's what you get. You want to lay off a bunch of people? Well, you think if, if the wrath isn't going to come back on you. <laughs> so, um... But yeah, but people thought, oh, you, you know, Hasbro can never do Action Force again. I'm like, well, listen, there's a difference between copyright and trademark. Trademark is for the name alone. Hasbro can still put out, you know, all the Action Force characters, Red Laser and, and Red Jackal and Jammer and all that, all that jazz. You know, the club did it. 
but they never used the name Action Force. So they never renewed the trademark in that sense. They just abandoned it and mm-hmm. never wanted to do anything with it. So I looked at it as a way to revive the brand and kind of do give it a reboot. Yes, I know this isn't isn't everyone's old UK British SAS Action Force. This is something all new and it's only the same in name. So hopefully, you know, people are, are cool with it. And a lot of people have been very cool with the fact that it's Action Force. They look at it as, you know, a revival for it. You know, and you don't have to look at it as as what Action Force was in the past. This is like I said, this is something totally new. You know, I tried to explain to people, even when Hasbro decides to bring G.I. Joe back, G.I. Joe will be something totally different. It won't be what everyone always thought of it or what it was. So, mm-hmm. in a sense, it's just going to be something totally new with the same name. So, you know, try to think of it that way. But I was very excited to get the name. And, uh, yeah, now it's it's mine and cranking out cool stuff with it. <laughs> hopefully, it, hopefully, it, uh, it, hopefully it catches on and, and people really get behind this and it's it's very successful and this isn't something that's just a flash in the pan i want this to be something that lives on and that's you know a, a staple to the to the collector community we hope so too we're fairly popular in the uk we get a good number of our downloads from there uh, Excellent. So if, our, Excellent. if our count is down we'll know that you're the reason why <laughs> When when I did the announcement on Chris McLeod's show, you know, he's obviously from the UK and he's a big Action Force fan. So I knew from the start that I wanted to announce it on his show. And he's been all behind it. And I remember when I started reading, like, the negative comments about people from the UK, I was like, hey, bud, why don't you, you got to talk to your people and let them know that this is okay because they're, they're riding <laughs> me pretty hard. But, uh, you mean but you no, don't know I, them? Like I said, once I kind of explained that, no, the characters are still alive and well because copyrights can't be taken. They don't run out. They don't expire. You have them for life unless you transfer them over to someone else. But all those characters that live in Action Force from the 80s will still survive if Hasbro ever wants to use them. The only thing they can never use again is the name. Trademark Valverse. There you go. Everybody's got a number, right? So if they paid you enough... That'd have to be a really big number. I'm just saying. <laughs> just, just because of just because of what they did to me, it'd have to be a really, really big number. I mean, you know, somebody's throwing Powerball figures around. Eh. It'd be silly not to. It'd be silly not to. Silly. I would entertain it. It would just. It, I wouldn't make it easy on them. That's Absolutely for sure. not. Heck no. Heck no. I have a question on one of the figures. Shoot. Carrick is that his name? Carrick, yeah. Carrick is. His head sculpt looks a little familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a lot of a lot of questions like that. Like, oh, throwing yourself in a, in your figure line, huh? And well, why not? <laughs> why not? Um, it's actually not me. I was actually on a Marvel Legends figure, so oh. I checked that box of of getting my head on a figure. But yeah, when I did it, I was just thinking like. Oh, what a, what does a badass dude look like? Oh, bald and a beard. I don't think of myself as a badass dude, but I just thought of it like that, and I just started drawing it, and then people were like, is that you? And I think even my, even my wife saw it. She goes, you putting yourself in this line? And I was like, no, it's not me. I just made his beard a little longer, and he's like straight bald where I'm just like a buzz. So it's, you know, it's a little different. But yeah, I, I've gotten that a lot, and I think it's, it's pretty funny. Sweet helmet. Sweet helmet. Thanks. Yeah, I wanted him to be kind of this. He he's got like this ego, like he's sort of in like a medieval cavalry. And yeah, he's a an ex military guy, but he's like, you know what? I want to 
run my unit like like this is like the medieval days and that's why he has that sort of gladiator looking medieval helmet i wanted to kind of mix that new and old in in with him and there are some other characters in the line that have that same feel that that same new and old and i kind of like that mix Looks good. I, I'm I'm enjoying the the, the art on these figures. So Thank I you. Can't wait to see them. It's been so awesome to do it. Doing this line has been sort of like a, a a renewed creativity for me. Working on the stuff at Hasbro was great, but it's like you know you're working on other people's licenses and their characters have to look a certain way. It was like when I was doing this, they're they're all mine. And, you know, coming up with them has been great. When I first started them, I was just doing a new character every day. You know, as you see them sort of come to life, it's been pretty awesome. And then even now, when when the sculpts are coming, you're like, "Wow, this is crazy to see this design like coming to life." Something you know that's that's mine now that I, that I created. So it's been awesome, and I had to kind of stop myself from creating too many characters for the line. I didn't want to, you know, end up having thirty characters and having this this huge Kickstarter that doesn't get funded. But uh, <laughs> at least it leaves me room for uh, year two. So I got a lot of characters already in the hopper for next time around. Please tell me that you're going to embrace more female characters than your previous employer. <laughs> yes, I will. Thank yes, you. I will. That was what I said to myself when I first started this. I said, I want ethnicity and female characters because right. I didn't just want to make, you know, a bunch of military dudes. That's, you know, that's easy. So I wanted to give the line diversity and, you know, it's like, I, I love, you know, female characters. So Eclipse was one of the first characters I created. And I actually created her years and years ago uh, under a different name when I was an intern at Hasbro. And then, I, you know, she's just always kind of been in my portfolio. And I thought this was a, a perfect time to get her out. And I, you know, gave her some tweaks, gave her a, a different backstory and stuff like that. Because like I said, I wanted to Make her a little more diverse, so you know her her background. She's Native American and Ecuadorian, so I wanted her to have this really I- exotic feel to her, but also this badass military sort of personality as well. So there's a lot more depth to her than that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think she's a super super great character, but yeah, you can go over to the site and read up on her bio. Uh, it, it goes into detail on, on that, and then all her character art is there. She's the only figure that I have two versions of in you know the first year so that's that's how much i like that character there's also another female that i'll probably be unveiling in in the next couple weeks Uh, i'm where i'm gonna start working on her art probably later this week and then get that done because she's another one that uh i'm really excited for and i think you know people that have been on my instagram i think i i put a teaser picture of her up so people will be able to figure out which one that is but she's the the other female character in the line. But then, yes, more more female characters to come. So, Joe, for you, definitely female characters. Thank you. That was one of my uh, my biggest pet peeves. Like I had asked um, so many years in a row, like and other other females that would attend JoeCon would would be like, just do a small like three pack or like even right? like a six figure set. We don't need these gigantic fifteen figures of army builders, but just do one year, like make it like an inexpensive year, like do something unique. And then it, it, it never happened. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Even working on Marvel Legends, you're, you're allowed like one female per wave. Wow. Uh, yeah. 
I might. I think my last Spider-Man wave, the one that like just hit stores, I think I snuck two in there. Yeah, I have Silver Sable and Black Cat in there. So that was one of the rare times where I got two female characters in there. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, there's not enough for sure. Got to give love to the ladies for sure. Mm-hmm. I do like the the diversity as well that you're putting in. So thank Thanks. you for that. Thanks. That was another thing. You know, we live in a in a very diverse world. So why why would my line not be diverse? It, it was kind of a no brainer from the start. It wasn't even something where I was like, oh, I have to make sure you know I I do this and do that. It was like no, it was just like that was just the way I was going to do it from the start. It was just there because, like I said, why do something different than the world we currently live in mm-hmm. and there will be more diversity for sure so speaking of worlds yeah we click on the story for action force and the very first words of the story the united states are no more <laughs> i mean a, that's a pretty bold direction to take things so explain the yeah. process yeah. explain the process there what what, what, so, what brought this on and so so when i wanted to do this i I wanted to make sure that I treated this as like an IP. I wanted it to be a brand. I didn't want, you know, there's nothing against anyone just doing customizable figures. I think that's fantastic. But I, for my line, I didn't want it to just be just customizable figures. I wanted it to be just like GI Joe was when it launched. It was unique characters with unique stories. And, you know, in this, this whole grounded world. And I was like, okay, well, what is the story? What what could this be? Because military is simple. Good guys, bad guys, people that hate each other, people that want to stop them. You know, it, it's just simple in, in the grand scheme of things. But how do you make that dynamic? And that's what I was thinking about for so long. And, you know, I was kind of looking at, like, obviously you want to take into consideration the state of things in the country today. And I didn't want to do something that was so far in the future, and I didn't want to do something post-apocalyptic because that had kind of been done already. So I was like, well, what what's in the middle there? So I looked at it like, okay, well, the state of things now and how everyone's so divided, just big government is, you know, whether whether you're for it or, or not, whatever that is, but you can't fight the fact that it is divided. So I thought, well, what if it just didn't exist anymore? What if it got so bad that states were like, you know what? We govern ourselves anyway. Why don't we just disband the federal government and just run ourselves? Like the military would be spread out over all the states, and the states are now called republics because there's no more United States. So each state is its own republic, but they stayed the same. They they all kept their same borders, you know, same same leaders, that kind of thing. But it was just anything federal just got spread around. I always found it interesting that we have these odd laws per state, but then there are things federally that are different. You know, like in Rhode Island, we have this really stupid car tax. Only state that has it. Then you look at a state like Florida, no state income tax. Delaware, no sales tax. I think it's Delaware. But how is it that all these states can do things totally different? It's like, well, why don't they just operate on their own and just make their own laws? And that's what I thought would be a cool angle to take. So yeah, no more federal government no more states. They're all just republics and they go about doing things on their own. But in that case, you know, when they split the federal government, it was based on population, infrastructure, that kind of thing. So smaller states didn't necessarily get big chunks of the military. So the larger states did to kind of keep the peace. So 
you have these weaker republics and then these sort of superpowered republics just because of their size and their population infrastructure. So then what happens when you have these republics operating on their own? Will one get greedy? Will one want more? Will they decide to start, you know, sort of taking over? I mean, look, it happened when America was founded. It's it's always kind of like human nature to just be greedy and take over and pillage and take things that aren't yours. It's it's just it's just the way it is. It's it's always the way the world has worked. So I bet that would happen if if that were the case. So I had to make the difficult choice of thinking, okay, well, who would shoot first? And all the Texans out there are now mad at me because I decided to choose <laughs> Texas as the state that rocked the boat first. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with my dislike for Texas. I love Texas. I visited a few times. I love it there. I always said I should probably have grown up in Texas. I like horses and boots, and I just think Texas is a really cool place. I love barbecue. So it's nothing against them. I just looked at it more of a compliment. If Texas is the strongest state, the strongest republic, of course maybe they would be the ones to kind of become greedy and start taking over other republics. And that's essentially what they did. I created this new mineral that was found that replaces the um you know gas in in a sense so there the race is kind of like for this new mineral that's been mined and in texas there's a a drilling company that is the first one to be able to mine this mineral so then now they're like the real real world power and as it goes on they start going to their border states and telling them like hey listen you can come and be part of this or we're just going to take you over so some people come willingly some not and they start taking over other republics and they become this super, super republic. And it changes the name from the Republic of Texas, obviously, to New Colonia. And, you know, a lot of Texans were like, Texas would never change their name. <laughs> I said, well, it's not about that. It's more of a what is now this new formation of all these extra republics. So it's not just Texas now. It's all the border states and then the states beyond that. So as new colonia starts to become this superpower they're taking over these these smaller republics what's to stop them from just taking over the whole country and that is how action force was formed action force is a group of military individuals that came together from other republics and said we need to put a stop to this so they band together their most elite troops and said this is the unit that we're putting together to sort of drive back new colonians restore peace and all the original republics to how they were and also throughout the story there's other factions because it's not just the militaries there's factions that spring up and one of the factions that i unveiled was called the swarm the swarm was essentially a corporation funded military so it's all ex-military guys but it's guns for hire so all the smaller states that essentially don't have a large enough military to, to beat back any sort of invading forces they have to hire the swarm to come in and protect their borders but the swarm have no allegiance to the republics they're just hired guns so they just do what they're told if you call on the swarm then you have to give up a little bit of your republic to this this corporation that runs the swarm so 
essentially their kind of backdoor becoming uh, their own sort of superpower. So it's a lot of different factions and more will will come out in the story as it goes on. A lot of factions going against each other. It's not necessarily just good guys and bad guys. It's a little more dynamic than that. So sorry I went on, on forever with that, but that is the, the story that you can read about on the site. Going on. That's kind of what we needed you to do, man. That, that's what we do. All right. This is this is about you know we're we're doing a segment about Action Force. Hey. So, yeah, I just we got I you talking like about Action Force. Cool. We're doing all right. Cool. It's cool. good. So yeah. Didn't even have that's... to coach you on that one. Awesome. <laughs> so sorry, sorry to Texas. Sorry, I have nothing but love for Texas. It's a compliment more than anything, but that is the explanation. So people in the UK, people in Texas. Uh, maybe I won't be visiting those areas anytime soon, but just know it's nothing personal. <laughs> We've gotten into some of the the factions there, but what we didn't really touch on was the Brothers of Bones. What's up there? Yes. So the Brothers of Bones, I had this idea for the Bone Collector very, very early on. And it, it came because one of the rifles I have that I built, it, it has a the, sort of skull on it. Where, where the magazine feeds into the, the rifle. And when I got it custom Cerakoted on the the, um, the dust flap, I had him write Bone Collector on it. So I was like, I want a character in my line called the Bone Collector, and I want him to just be this brutal, brutal evil guy. Carrick is, if you wanted to call him the main villain, he's the main villain, but he's not just, he's not a ruthless, ruthless guy. So I needed someone to be that, and the Bone Collector was him. And I wanted the Bone Collector to really not have any allegiance to anyone, but he kind of worked with Karak. Now, Karak's military is called the Garrison. So, and the Garrison is the military of New Colonia. So, the Bone Collector sort of works loosely with the Garrison and Karak. Karak sort of uses the Bone Collector, and the Bone Collector's faction, his group, is called the Brothers of Bones. And they're just just evil, evil dudes, just taking lives like it's nobody's business. And uh, the garrison uses them as their mercenaries. So, like, if they want to go and in- invade a republic that doesn't want to become part of New Colonia, they sort of send the Brothers of Bones in there as, like, almost like a scare tactic. Like, all right, well, we're going to send these evil dudes in here, and they're going to f*** it up. And... You're going to get so scared that either you're going to be like, whoa, 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 okay, sorry, we're just kidding. We'll become part of New Colonia. Or you're just going to all die or just flee your, your republic. So he uses them, and then you know the garrison kind of goes in as the, as the cleanup crew. Think of it kind of like, I guess, if, if you say like the, like the Dreadnoughts. Yeah, they had a loose affiliation with Cobra. They're all, they're all bad guys, but you know they were never like Cobra Cobra. So yeah, the Brothers of Bones are just evil, evil dudes. And yeah. you could read how the Bone Collector and the Brothers of Bones got their name in the, the bio for the Bone Collector on the site. He was a really fun character. I couldn't wait to debut him. I was a little nervous, though, because I'm like, what are people going to think of a dude with a skull mask? But I was thinking, like, well, one of my favorite movies of all time is Willow, because General Kale is one of the coolest looking villains ever. So underused. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, it's something really intimidating about wearing a skull on your face. Everyone's always done like human skulls. Like there's a the Lord of Bones on uh, Game of Thrones. He wears like a human skull on his face. So I, I was like, well, I want it to be different. I don't want it, you know, people to think like, well, you're just ripping off all these other characters. So 
I thought it'd be cool if he took like a saber tooth tiger skull and put it on his face, you know? So I, I kind of came up with this interesting design. So it looked a little more human where the nose and the eyes were, and but then had these big long teeth on it. And after I drew him, I was like, wow, that guy is friggin' cool. Once uh, a friend of mine did the, the character art, uh, which I was a little jealous of because I, I wanted to do that, but I was working on Eclipse at the same time. But he did a killer job with the Bone Collector, and then Sculpts came in for the Bone Collector at the same time, which I just posted on uh, Instagram and Facebook. So he'll have this removable skull mask to him, but very, very, very cool character that I'm excited to get into the line. Does all of his, uh, all the Brothers of Bones carry kukri knives or not just him? That's a good question because I haven't designed them yet. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I work. I have I, questions. I, I'm sorry. No, no, that's, that's good. I mean, if, if the guys wanted to have a, something singular that, that tied them together, they, they could have a kukri knife with them. That, that actually might be a pretty good idea. Thanks, Joe. No problem. I hadn't gotten into them yet because there's going to be garrison troopers in the line and you know between the swarm troopers and the garrison troopers i didn't want there to be too many troopers i wanted there to be a few troop builders for people but i wanted to leave some for year two so uh the brothers of bones will will come out then and i'll make sure that when i work on them i'll make sure that they're super super cool thank you the kukri knife is one of my favorite knives so it's such a sick looking blade right and they come with daggers like little tiny daggers yeah when you get them from from nepal so they're really cool yeah they're awesome i wanted because karak i gave a big like big buoy knife and i was like oh i kind of wasted the big blade on karak and then i was like what what else could they come with because karak comes with a, a buoy knife and like this sort of tactical tomahawk but i wanted something cool for the the bone collector and that's when I, I came across the kukri, and I was like, well, that's a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, Carrick kind of, he, he had to do the Bowie knife, though. He's coming out of Texas. Yeah. So yeah. Right. That's, yeah, that's a slam dunk, man. I should have put a raccoon hat on him instead of a gladiator mask. <laughs> yeah, that would have had the same effect. That would have worked. That would have totally made it work. Noticing in your Action Force troopers, yeah. you got the logo on each of their posters there, so to speak. Different ranks. Yeah, I didn't want it to be as in-depth as the current U.S. military, where there's 75 different ranks. I wanted it to be a little more simplified. Uh, I called they're like wings. It's, it's sort of the chevrons that are on the, the logo. So if you're, like, you're a, a single-wing trooper, you're like a rookie. You, but you're, you're also, it's not like a, a private in, in the military. You're, you're coming in, you're like the elite of the elite. Like That's why you're part of Action Force, but... As far as the Action Force unit, you're a lower-tiered member. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like High Point, he's a Tier 1 trooper. But then you'll see Eclipse. She's a more senior member, so she has two chevrons or two wings on the logo. So, And then Downrange is the most senior member you can get. Uh, he has the, you know, the three wings, three chevrons on the logo. And that's the highest level you get. So I'm still working on, you know, is there going to be like a leader leader, like a general, or is it going to be more like the top tier troopers are sort of like the board of directors in a way. And there's few of them and uh, enough to the point where they make decisions together. I'm thinking of it more like a, 
King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table sort of thing instead of just like a, you know, a general or an admiral, you know, guy with this high rank that just runs everything. So I'm glad you picked up on the the ranks to it because some person messaged me like, hey, you uh, messed up and put the wrong logo on. I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, it's it's just the, the ranking system. So <laughs> I did it wrong on my own stuff. <laughs> Do, yeah, don't you love it when people, yeah, right. are in a, people are in a rush to point out things you did wrong on your project? Right? Isn't that the yeah. best? I was like, yeah. man, well, what sort of a- would I be if I just started screwing up on my own line? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you got me. Oh, good time. I, I like the uh, picture of the elastic straps for the the thigh straps. Thanks. Yeah, I, I that's that's still kind of TBD. I have a a individual who's working as a consultant with me, and uh, I told him I said I, I want to do something kind of like this so that it. it it's something more unique that you haven't just seen in any six inch figure that's out there. So adding different materials and that sort of thing. So I'll have to see if it's actually possible. It's in the plan right now in our, our quote and our cost sheets. So if we can leave it great, but there might be some issues with when you put something like that in, there has to be a a big, a big cavity or a big cutout in the part that you're entrapping it into. So if it becomes an issue, where aesthetically it just makes the part bulbous, then I may have to cut it. But just know that I'm only cutting it for aesthetics, not for cost. You know, we already planned for it. We'll have to see as as we start talking more with the factory in China about that. But we'll we'll see. We'll see if we can, we can keep it. Cool. <laughs> you said bulbous. Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur. <laughs> You're such a child. <laughs> It's fun to do sometimes. That was like my word of the day. You know how like you have to like think of like, oh, how can I use this word today? I have to find a way. Well, this was my word today. Babasar. There you go. You're not helping him. <laughs> when do I have a normal train of thought anyway? Hmm. If Bobby were here, if he were not here, would this really be going any differently? No. <laughs> no, it would not. Joe, do you have any questions on your random observations? There's a tattoo. <laughs> That I wanted a higher res picture of. Yeah, which one is that? <laughs> Probably Eclipse. Okay. So yeah, she making her for Joe Fest because of you. Mm. So the the cool thing about her is I like tattoos on women. Well, I should rephrase like an an arm sleeve. Yeah. I yeah. think is is in, is incredibly sexy. So tattoos done well, but I like also the way a tattoo looks tampoed on a six inch figure. I think they could be done really well. So I wanted that extra level of detail and the body for eclipses, you know, she's got her full armed BDUs, but then version two. And then one of the other female characters uses that tank top body with the arm wrapped hands. So she's got bare arms and both female characters have tattoos on them. And uh, I wanted eclipse to have this sort of native American inspired arm sleeve. That was what I, uh, I put together for her. Um, That's cool. I may change it. There's an individual on Instagram who I'm talking to right now who has a very, very cool Native American tattoo. And I've been talking with them about possibly using it for the figure. Okay. But there's there's a lot of weird rules about copyright and tattoos. Like, does the tattoo artist have copyright over it, but it's on your body? So it's, it's, it's this weird gray area. No one's ever really like won a lawsuit. I know the guy that did Mike Tyson's face tattoo. He copyrighted 
the tattoo, the design of the tattoo. So that's really the only instance where that happened. So I think if I talk to the individual and then the tattoo artist and maybe get some releases signed, we can look into using it. But I think it'd be cool to use someone's real tattoo. If I can't, then well, I'll use what is actually in the design. It would be really cool to have something that is real and on a real person and native. Yeah, I thought so too. I have a lot of other ideas like that too for the line. Like Because this is a military line, I wanted to look into one day making characters inspired by real life military hero men and women even eclipse her backstory um she there's in her bio i mentioned that she's one of three women to ever be accepted into the army rangers well i had just been reading about the first female that got accepted into the army rangers and i thought that was a kind of a cool jumping off point like okay well she was the first but this is down the road so maybe another woman has gotten in since then and then now eclipse was the third to have gotten into the army rangers so they haven't released the name of the woman who was accepted into the army rangers but uh, i thought that was kind of like a cool homage to that mm -hmm. but yeah, down the road i want to do more with celebrating these you know men and women who are just heroes very cool in regards to the swarm uh, we got yeah. the trooper up yep are we going to see more of them or is that more of a year two? Yes. Thing? Yes. So there will be two swarm troopers available in the Kickstarter. In the initial Kickstarter fun goal, there will be five characters. Four of them I have shown already. The fifth one is a Kickstarter exclusive and will not be shown until halfway through the Kickstarter. It is a huge, huge, huge surprise and when that gets announced you'll understand why it's such a huge surprise but the swarm is one of the five initial characters and then early on in the stretch goals there's another version of a swarm trooper think of more like a sort of a heavy gunner kind of swarm mm -hmm. trooper with a different a different head sculpt so to show that you know they're not all these guys are like bats they all have you know unique looks the different sort of ranks and squads so there'll be another Swarm Trooper. There will also be a stretch goal for a Swarm gear pack. So maybe something cool planned in there. But yeah, I wanted to make sure that there were troop builders for people because people love troop builders. And I thought the Swarm were a perfect troop builder to have initially. And uh, I'll be offering a good amount of stuff to make you or to give you the options to have a big Swarm army. Very nice. And Joe, I have an idea for the swarm. If they had a leader, I would call her Queen B. Maybe not Queen B, but she would be like the queen. I love it. There's a queen in, in swarm. So down the road, maybe their leader will be this cool, teched out looking swarm huntress in a way. But that that's the idea I had for her. So just to give you an like idea it. of more females down the road. If you need ideas on what she should wear, let me know. <laughs> I'll make sure I hit you up. She'll send you the actual full costume. <laughs> no, no art here. No, she can't draw. Get the, the whole can't suit. Can't draw, but I can build, so. <laughs> so, Bobby, before we move on to the rest of the program. Yeah. What else do we have to know about Action Force and the Voliverse before we get closer to the, the Kickstarter time? I think I've probably said it all, but just know that when I when I started this, I had the goals in mind that 
I'm not just going to put 50% into this or something. This is like, this is what I'm doing now. This is my life. This is a hundred percent what I do. I'm thinking action force all day long. I'm working on stuff all day long. I'm, and I also said from the start that I was going to keep people in the loop because the, the people that are, they're helping fund this are the people that are supporting this line. So I feel like when you're left in the dark after you support something, I think that's wrong. So I want people to to be a part of it. And I even say on the website, join the Valiverse. I want you to be along for the ride. This train is stopping at every station. We're picking everyone up. You want to get on, you're coming. I'm giving updates as soon as I get something. Like I'm, I'm putting it up. Even like some of the sculpts. When I got some of them in, if they weren't on point, I showed the comments I was making on the sculpt because I want people to know, like, look, this is the direction I'm taking it. Even something like the fan poll I put out for the butterfly joints, you know, that's a joint I hate. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> but I wanted people's feedback on it. And I put it out there. And you know what? We're putting them in now because of the feedback that I got. And people were like really happy that I, I went to them and asked their their input. But this this line isn't just for me. You know, if it was just for me, I just customize my own figures and put them on my shelf. This is for the hopefully thousands of people that are going to help support this line over over the time and get it made this this is for everyone so i want to make sure everyone is is in the loop so yes constant updates and i've i've said it hundreds of times on podcasts I, i've said it on my social media i am easily accessible all you have to do send me a message on facebook send me a message on, on instagram you can send me the, the emails on the website I get directly. So I'm looking at this stuff 10, 15 times a day. I'm responding to everyone as it comes in. I don't think more than 24 hours goes by without me responding to someone's comment or question or anything like that. So keep your positive feedback coming, even if it's negative. Even if you want to say, hey, man, I think this is a really dumb idea. Like, hey, that's great. Just tell me why, because I'm going to ask you why. I, I welcome all, all feedback. Just, you know, if, if you want to go on a, on, a, on a message board and rip the line to pieces, that's fine. But you could also come to me and have a conversation about it. So when I was at Hasbro, we weren't allowed to talk to people. We weren't allowed to do social media or anything like that. So it was like Comic-Con and Toy Fair. Those are the only two times we got to talk to the fans. And I thought that that was wrong. And I see companies like NECA do it really well where they're always giving like sneak peeks of things. Hot Toys always giving sneak peeks. I'm like... I want to do that, but like times 10. I want to sneak peek everything. The surprise figure, fifth figure, it's killing me that I'm keeping it so under wraps. It's like, I want to show everything. So just know I'm not going to keep a lot of things secret. Any any sort of information that I feel like everyone should know and people are going to know. When I send parts off to the, the 3D printer, I'm going to let people know, hey, drop sent files, getting parts. Or when I go pick the parts up and I get them in, you're going to see pictures of that. And when I box them up and send them out to you know the guy that's doing my hand painting. You're going to you're going to see that. You're going to be there along for the ride every step of the way. And if it comes to a point where I don't have an update, I'm going to let people know like, "Hey, no updates, but just know like, hey, I'm I'm talking with the factory this week and you know, we're supposed to be cutting tools this week and this and that." So, I'm going to constantly be in your face because we're we're in the the social media age here and and if I wasn't taking advantage of it, it would be a disservice to the line. So just know I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm going to be doing a bunch of conventions in June. Hopefully the 
Kickstarter funds. I think that's step one is making sure it funds, which I'm still in the back of my head nervous because obviously you're, it's all a gamble, but I'm hoping that it, it's enough people come out and it's it funds really well. I don't think we're going to get Mythic Legion's numbers, but if we did, that would be amazing. <laughs> but uh, hey, as long as it funds, as long as I can tool these things up and actually get them out to people, then that's great. But every step of the way, people will be involved. There will be updates. You'll know what's going on. That's the goal of Valiverse, to make sure that everyone's involved. This isn't just a big company that says, let me take your money. Yeah, buy our product. It's, it's not the way it is. This is for all the fans and consumers, because I am a fan of, and, and a consumer, as cheesy as that sounds. But this is for, for everyone. Everyone's a part of this. So thank you, everyone. That has supported the line so far. It's been very overwhelming and, and just humbling to see how many people have just gotten behind this I, I when i launched it i wasn't sure what sort of reception there will be i thought maybe it'd be a little little heat from the start because it's action force but then it's like it, it's just gone uphill with you know feedback and comments and likes and follows and all sorts of those those crazy social media things that i'm learning but the reception has been great and i couldn't be happier with it so thank you to, to everyone thank you to you guys thank you to every single person that supports this line hey no problem we take full credit <laughs> I knew you would. That's what we do here. That's what we do. Joe Colton. Yeah. It's, yeah. Ti- it's time to let Bobby uh, take a little bit of a break and get a refill. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm on ice. I, I have not gotten up either. I'm done. I'm watching him like drink ice. I'm like, man, I need to get up and get more wine. <laughs> well, before you do that, we need to know. When's he when launching? <laughs> no, well, he already said that. Okay. End of, well, he's got to repeat everything. End of April, beginning of May. I was aiming for the end of April, but I wanted to make sure that the Kickstarter had images of the hand-painted prototypes. I felt like it was very important for people to actually see some of the product they were backing. So depending on how long it takes me to get those parts in and painted... If I have to show just one hand-painted and some blue resin models, I'll do that. I wanted there to be something physical for people to see. I I thought that was really important. So I'm taking a little bit of extra time to make sure that those are available. So if I can be on track to have those parts in for the end of April, that'd be great. If I have to take, you know, an extra week, then it'll it'll stretch out to the beginning of May. There you go. Save your money. I am. (laughs) I've already, like, written down stuff. (laughs) <laughs> I hate Bob, you guys. Bobby, how many Joes have we had to buy the last couple of years? A lot. A lot. Not nearly enough is what I'm saying. Not nearly yeah. enough. Well, so there, so there's, there's, been, there's been a lull. So right now, no one's putting out anything. Hopefully that you're spending a ton of money on. No Joe product, more club stuff. So hopefully you got some extra money burning a hole in your pocket that you just want to spend on Action Force. Exactly, <laughs> man. You got, you're hitting your window. I say yeah. timing is everything. I think you got timing save your tax return money get it ready but when you said you want people to see the art and see figures and see photos as a person who's run several kickstarter slash indiegogo stuff you're doing it right take your time make sure you have it how you want it thanks thanks i mean it's all going according to plan you know when i launched this thing i wanted there to be a couple months in between the launch of it all and then the kickstarter because i'm treating it like an ip like a brand i wanted people to be familiar with it not just like, hey, here's this Kickstarter in your face with no background. <laughs> now when the Kickstarter happens, people will already know which characters are looking forward to and 
they'll know something about it. And I felt like that was really important to give people the content first so that they know what they're getting later on. Awesome. All right. That is action for us. All right. Now you can go get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, you ready to do the rest of the show? Yeah. Let's do All this. Right. I'm ready. We're through your segment. We're through your grueling interview where we took <laughs> your feet on the Jeez. fire. Sorry to everyone who had to sit through all that. Jeez. I have to say, I'm refraining from asking questions on all the weapons and everything. Oh. So oh, I just yeah. want to say that. No, <laughs> I you want it on record. Joe, I love questions. I love people's comments. Ask yeah, me We're going to be here for like five hours, and we're not, we don't have time for that. <laughs> have to go after, afterwards, send me any of the, the questions you want. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. If I don't get them, I'm going to come after you. Like, where are your questions? <laughs> For real. Now you went and did it. You put yourself in the crosshairs. Yeah. I know, right? So, Joe Colton, it's your time. Yeah. It's time for oh, Joe Colton Presents Creepy Fanboy Messages Straight from Loser Town. <laughs> Bobby, I don't know if, you, if you've heard this part of the segment. Oh, but... oh I'm aware. <laughs> See, Bobby, he's listened to the program. All right. All right. I I sure. Unlike some some of my guest hosts who didn't do that before they became guest hosts. I I did not listen to a lot of segments. Mm. <laughs> the latest one I had was a lot of people complaining when I put the April Fool's joke that I would never wear a bunny suit again, like the Cobra Bunny. Mm. A lot of people sent me PMs not liking that option. Oh. Yeah, no, nobody was really plugged into the whole April 1st thing this year. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Just uh, my, my observation as somebody who happened to be at home and on the internet a bit that day, nobody was really picking up on that whole April Fool's thing that we do every year around the same time. Yeah, <laughs> I do have to say that there's a photographer, Brian Humphrey, who is the main photographer at Dragon Con. He is actually making a body pillow of me in that outfit. Whoa. People to take pictures of at the con. And it's, how, do you, it's, how do you feel about that? <laughs> it is not the weirdest thing that has happened to me. That's, All right. Really, that's creepier than either of the messages you threw <laughs> out there. Yeah. No, no, it's not. I, I know him, so it's, it's actually funny, but the cot guy is still the top. That's the creepiest thing I've... I don't know. Life-size Joe Colton body pillow. Uh, you know, at, you, at a con where like a hundred thousand people go to, like yeah, you take. I'm, sure <laughs> I'm just saying, you take that in context, and Cot Guy may have a challenger. May. <laughs> you remember Cot Guy, Bobby? Do I? I don't think so. Joe Colton for for Bobby Vala and and the folks at home that maybe don't think back that far. Fill us in on the basics of Cot Guy. I got a PM on Facebook. Yeah, it was Facebook that said he would like me to tuck him in. And it was a picture of a cot in a basement with a bunch of supplies and MREs and first aid kits. And just, it was a cot, like just the cot. Basically, she was tucking him in in his doomsday shelter. Right. Like It was good times. Have you met this guy in person? Like, has he come to one of the conventions? No. No. Okay. I think the accurate answer is not that she knows of. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm glad she hasn't caught me yet. Okay. That's good. <laughs> See? See? That's very 
Very good question there, Bobby. Good question. But yeah. that's that's what the little thing we like to call Joe Colton presents creepy fanboy messages straight from Loser Town. Remember, we're not laughing with you, and we're not encouraging you. We are laughing at you and calling you lame. See, this is the good thing about being a good-looking cosplay girl. You get cool, like, creepy groupies. I want some creepy groupies. And I don't think Game I'm going <laughs> to... No, I want them. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, maybe start going with the shaved head, and you start getting the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I can tell you, uh, if you ever talk to Sarah or, or Mary Mercenary, you'll you'll be like, no. But she's too nice. She like engages them for a while. I'm like, I flat out, I'm like, no, nope, do not engage, do not pass go, don't come near <laughs> me. I will break your fingers, get away from me. She's wow. like, hi, maybe you're a nice person. And then she's like, dear God, Joe, help me. I'm like, why, why did you engage? Why do you do this to yourself every single time? Like... <laughs> You're making fun of the poor girl because she has hope. Right. <laughs> I'm such a nasty. I mean, just let's put this in perspective. This is what the, the creepy fanboy messages straight from Loser Town. This is what they do. Yeah. Give her hope. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the news. Peace. <laughs> First news item. Is IDW for sale? Investor called for the sale of the company in a letter to the board and CEO Howard Jonas, according to Bleeding Cool on March 5. The letter was sent in March by Adam Wyden, a representative of ADW Capital Partners LP, which is a hedge fund, and that would, wherever Carson is, his head just exploded. Hedge fund <laughs> that owns 9% of IDW Holdings. To give an excerpt from this letter, Bill Gates and Sumner Redstone are famous for a number of things, but few know that they are credited with the statement, content is king. We believe those words have never been truer than today. And this, is, this isn't the least bit hyperbolic at all, this coming statement. I'm going to stop after it's done and just let that soak in, so be ready. Disney's decision to pull its content from Netflix was akin to Princip's shot of Archduke Franz Ferdinand that thrust the globe into its first world war and drink it in <laughs> that is the officially the douchebaggest investor guy moment of the month right there holy cow disney pulling from netflix is the same as a devastating worldwide event that destroyed millions of lives it's the same thing it's apples yeah. and apples anyways now that I'm done recoiling from the sheer hubris of that statement. We believe this content war, in quote, is in the early innings and see the likes of Disney Hulu, Apple, Google, Amazon, Netflix, Time Warner slash DC, and others trying to vie for supremacy in over-the-top subscription space race. As the cord gets cut, which I guess is a, a reference to cable, the distribution, OTTs, need to justify why the consumer should subscribe to one service versus the other. They can't subscribe to all of them. In our mind, the only way these distribution companies can differentiate themselves is access to exclusive content. IDW is the only publicly traded pure play IP slash content company in the marketplace today that we are aware of. The company is in an enviable position as the fourth largest comic book publisher by dollar share. And then it goes on and comes back. 
Uh, it is our understanding that IDW Publishing owns or co-owns over 200 IP assets and franchises, over 1,000 characters, and is creating over 20 new pieces of content slash storylines, in quotes, per year. From our research, there are no other independent content, quote, land banks that are growing their IP portfolio and have also successfully taken five shows and a movie to market. It is our understanding that the company's development pipeline is robust and the market demand for IDW's content has never been greater. Where this becomes a moment in our news section, of course, is that any potential sale of IDW could interrupt or even end the publication of G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, and any other G.I. Joe or Hasbro projects because IDW doesn't own those properties and can't sell their publishing TV movie rights without, basically Hasbro owns those and wouldn't be necessarily part of that sale. So again, could be the, the first shot to an ominous end unless another publisher is found. I'm not necessarily asking for insights into high finance, but Bobby, what's what's your knee-jerk reaction to all this? Unfortunately, it's just a matter of time before everyone gets bought out. It's like if you're not the top one or two, your days are going to be numbered one day. Mm. So uh, I think you know if IDW sells, it's probably smart on them get a you know strike while the iron's hot. I guess they have an unbelievable content library for sure. So if they get bought out. The whatever publication contract that they have with Hasbro will probably go into the next whoever purchases them. Most likely, I think that's the way that usually works. Like when Hasbro had the contract for Marvel and then Disney purchased them, it just kind of rolled over to Disney. You know, unless whoever purchases IDW says we don't want to continue publication, who knows? Maybe they might amicably say, all right, we'll just void the contract out and then Hasbro will go their separate ways with it. It's unfortunate the timing of it because who's putting out Joe stuff right now? Not the club anymore. So it's just IDW that's left yeah. putting out Joe stuff. So you don't want to see that go away. Plus it's, you know, from, from what I understand, I, I don't read a lot of the stuff, but from what I hear, it's, it's been really great stuff over the last few years. Mm. So you, you'd hate to see that go away, but the, the unfortunate thing is a company could buy them out just to bury that content in a way. Like when Disney bought, for those of you who actually remember this, the, the comic book company CrossGen back in the early 2000s, when, when they started going on the verge of bankrupt, uh, Disney purchased them and then Disney just buried the content, which I thought was wrong because it was great content, great characters, great storylines. I thought they should probably have done something with it, especially – since they have Marvel, it's like, why would you not put that out? And I think they tried years ago to maybe do something, but they didn't do it on the, the scale that it should have been. So now they just have this vault of characters they're just sitting on. I hope that doesn't happen with IDW. I hope whoever, if someone purchases it, it goes somewhere and, and things are done with it in, in the same level that they are now or more. I just don't want to see any less happen. So that's my take on it. Yeah. Well, shoot, there's, there's, it'd be tough to do less and still call it content. <laughs> right, right now we're on one book and then uh, some when, when they decide to put out a miniseries kind of thing. So Is that what, it's just one book right now? Right now it is just a real American hero. It is just Larry's book. Jeez. They can never get beyond 30 books. Oh. Just insane. 
makes me so angry. I can't, I can't handle it. Well, the shared Hasbro universe went over like a wet fart in church. So, Jeez. So that pretty well ended IDW's take or their current take on, on G.I. Joe. They they wrapped up all their Transformers books when it was winning all kinds of acclaim and awards for them and, and everything huh. else. So it, and it just didn't work out. I wonder if that's also a Hasbro thing. If you notice, you know, they came out with this, this slate of 10 movies that they were going to do, this Hasbro Universe slate, and now it's one Snake Eyes movie that may never happen. So... Who knows? Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, we'll get I, to that. I, I tend to think that something's going to happen at some point. There were so many things wrong with that shared universe. And mm-hmm. I, I know we, we had some of the creators on back when it happened, and, and we were willing to give it a shot as a group, as, as a team of hosts as we were. But it really did not live up to whatever standard they were putting out there for it. It was it was a tough read. It was muddled. It was confusing. There was just yeah. stuff going on. They had characters from each segment of the Hasbro shared universe in one another's books all the time simply because they could. Yeah. And, and yeah. it got real gimmicky and it, it, it just eh it just it didn't That's work. the thing with the when you when you want to do those big crossovers like that, there's only a small, small area that you can do successfully. You go one way, it's bad, and you go other way, it's terrible. So it's like, what's that that fine line, you know? Yeah. Like Transformers movies. Why why did they not make G.I. Joe Nest? Like, yeah, that was the right way of doing it. Now it's like when people were thought John Cena was the original G.I. Joe, it was like, well, if they do that, that's kind of half-assing it. I'm glad they didn't do it that way, but mm. now it's they're not doing anything, so you don't know what they're doing, but it's just muddy water, and you don't want to get dirty. Mm, could be. Joe Colton? I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's drinking, Bobby. This is I'm drinking, happens. and I'm upset again, so. Next news item. I really suck at that sound. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> you, you don't have you're you're self-conscious about it. You know, Carson does the sound. He doesn't do it any better. He just he believes in himself. Right. So you have to believe. Okay. And all the kids at home are like, please stop. <laughs> if 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 you believe, Joe Colton will do the news sound. And Tinkerbell will will come back to life. Right. Okay. Next news item. Uh <laughs> There you go. Uh, I know. I I now have a new sound effect to to introduce Joe Colton with on every program going forward. So, so Bobby, the folks at home obviously they can't see this, but I'm going to go on an aside here. What are you working on at your desk there? I was just messing with a, a Mythic Legions figure. Because I wanted to see how they, they broke apart their torso. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I was just getting distracted by it. That's that's what I was doing. I, I have, like, a pile of everyone else's six-inch figures by my desk to sort of see what works and what doesn't work. Damn. Legends, Marvel Legends I worked on, Articulated Icons, Mythic Legions, Bandai figures, figure arts, that kind of thing. Just to see, like, well, they did this well, or I don't like this, or maybe I want to go in this route. So... I just like the way Mythic Legions do their their torso, how it comes apart at the waist. So I'm toying with the idea of being able to swap out the torsos. Because right now I need to swap out the arms, but 
not the torsos, but maybe I'll do the torsos. Uh, it'll be easier in that sense, so you can have a little more custom ability to the figures in a way. Right. Sorry, I was distracted by that. No, no, it's not a problem at all. I, I, I thought I was eagle-eyeing us into a sneak preview, but no, you're just messing with no, else's no, stuff. No, 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 no physical sneak previews, nothing yet, nothing tangible, all just artwork and 2D stuff. Uh, so, that's all right. Unfortunately. That's all right. No, nothing to be sorry about. Nothing to be sorry about. Soon, very soon. <laughs> thought that would have been awesome, impromptu <laughs> news item right there, just bang. Oh, Sorry, no, no, since you mentioned no, it. No sneak peeks. Do you, want to, do you want to know what the secret fifth figure is? Sure. No, I'm not going to tell you. Well, it, it, I knew what the answer was there. I don't know if you're trying to sell out for a bigger reaction, but <laughs> you're dealing with amateurs here, Bobby Vala. Can't believe you fell for that. Right? No, I didn't fall for that. You should have been like, no, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, then I, I would have been like, oh, shit. I can't I have do no that. Comeback for that. I can't do that. I have to be the genial host and master of ceremonies. Right. Okay. I can't, right. It's like, hey, you want to know the fifth figure? And I just shoot back, Dick. No, I can't do that. <laughs> I, I don't get to do that. I have to move things along. So anyways, next news item. Mark Webber got a lift from the fans in his attempt to become the head of the G.I. Joe brand again. There was a petition on change.org. Got close to 900 signatures. Uh, you can still... Head over there and sign that if you want to. I'll be honest. I don't know if that sort of thing did any good. I would wager to say that no, it probably didn't. But hey, at least it was, I guess, for, from a, a hiring perspective, uh, I guess uh, at least a way for the, the voice of the fans to, to be known, to be heard, because there weren't any other candidates that got 900 signatures on a petition. So, hey. Anyways, uh, I don't think anything's been announced on that. I, I don't know if they've even filled the position yet. Obviously, I have nothing to do with it, but figured we would make note of it here as, as Mark is a, a good friend and a recent substitute host on the program, so we are rooting for him because that would be pretty cool. Bobby shaking his head like, I don't know why he'd want to do that again, but whatever. No, I mean, so <laughs> Mark, and I, Mark and I are very good friends. We have lunch all the time, and he was really excited about it when it happened. And I thought that that was cool that they did that. People were actually sending me the link like, hey, you should apply for this. And I'm like, it's marketing. I'm design. A little different. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was cool. The unfortunate thing is probably no one at Hasbro even looked at it. He'd be great for it, for sure. He, you know, I worked with him uh, for such a small period of time on Joe. I wish we worked together more on it because mm. I, I enjoyed every every bit of it. So he would have been great for it. The, the funny thing is, Daryl the Priest and I are very good friends, and I see him every week. And me and him were talking about it, and at one point one of us said, hey, where's our damn petition? Why didn't we get the petition for anything? Like, don't get me wrong. It's great Mark Mark did, but where was our love? So we, we just had a good laugh about that. But it's cool. It's cool to see you know the, the uprising that fans' support can bring especially something like that no one he didn't ask for that or anything like that someone just took it upon themselves to just start that and then look what the snowball became 900 signatures that's pretty awesome you know if i can get 900 people to help fund my kickstarter that'd be amazing uh, so yeah. the fact that you can get 900 people to say hey this guy would be awesome back in the in the saddle is, is really really cool so yeah i don't know if they they fill that position i don't know, I don't know what i have no more ties to Hasbro, I don't really care what they're doing, uh, but, you yeah, know. No, we hear you there. It's, uh, 
it's it's been as an outsider, you know, somebody tangent who tangentially knew people. It's been kind of yeah. funny to to see how our shows Rolodex with folks at Hasbro has just it has dwindled down to nothing. <laughs> we don't know anybody there anymore at all under any pretenses. Whereas, you know, we always did in the past. We didn't go after anybody for juicy bits or anything, but we at mm-hmm. least knew who to walk up to at JoeCon and say, hey, if you get a couple of minutes and they let you talk, yeah. come over, that sort of thing. So it, it helped us in that regard, but obviously we were never going to put anybody in a spot where, where you could lose your job over our stupid podcast. <laughs> our dumb horse and pony show, two-bit slime show, I believe is our official termination. Oh, it's a good show. It is, but it I mean, it is what it is. It's a good two-bit slime show, but it's a two-bit slime show. <laughs> Joe Colton, any thoughts? Just drinking. Mm-hmm. She's, she's probably like, why didn't someone petition me for the job? <laughs> <laughs> Should have a marketing background. They, yeah, they, they don't listen, want me working for them. Listen, I, <laughs> the marketers there that have marketing backgrounds probably yeah. shouldn't be marketers. <laughs> Are they the 24-year-olds who think they know everything about cons? Because that guy made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to meet that kid. <laughs> oh. But uh, anyhow, moving on. Next news item. All right. Awesome. That's kind of what I was expecting that time. So Hail. I'm happy we got it. Got a cleaner version of the, the tidbit that I'm going to use to introduce her on every segment going forward. But the uh, 2.5-inch super deformed G.I. Joe series from Whatnot oh, is slated wait. to hit the stores in spring. <laughs> Joe Colton, enthused. I'm so excited. Yeah, I, I can't say that I'm big on the super deformed anything for any reason. But these look okay. Loyal Subjects did... scare children. Yeah, Loyal Subjects <laughs> did something similar a, a couple years ago, and you can still find those in some places and and i don't know if these are necessarily going to do a whole lot better they did change the look a little bit the full green alien eyes are gone they've been replaced by more human looking eyes on the characters so that's step in the right direction wave one is duke roadblock ninja snake eyes from 1985 a hooded cobra commander destro firefly a fang copter with a viper and a little oh. vamp jeep with clutch. So there are little vehicles there. And, and truthfully, little tiny vamp looks kind of neat. I, I have to give some props to tiny vamp. Wave two, as planned, is Flint, General Hawk, Barbecue, Baroness, Zartan, Cobra Storm Shadow, a hiss with what I'm assuming is a hiss driver, and a ghost hawk or a skyhawk with lift ticket. And... <laughs> Those assortments were interesting to me. There's no Scarlet or Lady J, despite both characters being in their display at Toy Fair, which struck me as odd. If that's the trade-off, if waiting for them is the trade-off for getting rid of the creepy, weird green kryptonite eyes that they had, then I'm okay with that. There is also a Transformers line based on the movie depictions, and nobody cares about that, because why? Because robots. Robots. That, by the way, the uh, the Hasbro Pulse email that came, and, and I'm... Because I, I will occasionally buy a Masterpiece Transformer, okay? Full full disclosure. Every so often, I splurge. I get a, a Masterpiece Transformer. I've got eight or nine of them now. 
Which ones? I worked on a couple. I have, well, really, I have a bunch of sideswipe types and a bunch of prowl types. Okay. I got the, the G2 Bumblebee, Trax, and Dirge. So One of the Seekers has my name on the cockpit. Oh, nice. Which one? Uh, uh, Acid Storm. Okay. He's way out of my price range at this point. Is <laughs> he really? Oh, I should sell mine. Yeah. The guys who were... I mean, he was an exclusive, wasn't he? Uh, TRU, yeah. Yeah. And, um... I mean, the fact that he's one of the earlier ones, yeah, he's yeah, those suckers are pricey. Anyways, so I, I, I'm all excited for to, to, to get word about the Masterpiece stuff. I was psyched up when Ironhide came out, even though I, you know, it's expensive. I was psyched up when Sunstreaker came out, even though it's real expensive. And then, like, the last two projects were a redo of Bumblebee that was completely unnecessary and movie jazz. So the little gray runt that gets torn in half at the end. Yeah. He's getting a... They did movie jazz before they did jazz. That's just a huh. just to me. I'm literally up a wall. That's my toy fanboy rant of the day. <laughs> Anyways. I did a pitch for Galvatron. Oh, yeah? Didn't go anywhere. No? Yeah. You're not... Oh. Bobby. You in on the super deformed stuff, Bobby? No. Um, no. Thank God. It's got to look real to me. I don't get into the pops or any sort of deformed or outrageous looking thing. It's got to look like how something should look. I guess it's because the way I draw, it's like I draw realistic. And if I tried to like draw like a pop or something like that, I probably couldn't do it well <laughs> because my brain just doesn't think that way. Spring so when I see that risk. stuff, I'm like, yeah, I Yes, but it's not for me. You know, it, it could be for everyone. I'm just maybe the weird one, but not my cup of tea. But it's Joe stuff, so it, it's great. Someone's doing something. Yeah, and that's really my feelings on it too. For for what they are, they look great. For what they are, if that's yeah. your thing, by all means, get these because they're as good as what you're gonna gonna find with that. I'm not big on the super deformed stuff. It, it, like, if you're going to do a toy line for me, and if that's if that's the aesthetic of that property to begin with, great. Then I mm-hmm. judge it on that. But that's not what GI Joe is. GI Joe is not a bunch of little runty dudes with giant heads. Yep. And the the loyal subject stuff was cool. Like, I like that they had articulation, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. No, it was great for what it was. It yeah. just it just wasn't wasn't my thing. wasn't my bag. I do have. The beachhead from that line because somebody gave it to me. Mm. The only one I would have gotten if they if they did them was a Steel Brigade figure. Well, yeah, so. but they yeah. they didn't quite get that deep in the into the dive, did they? No, they didn't. Which and if, uh, I mean, hey, if you're doing a Joe line, you have to start with Steel Brigade. Who are we kidding here? <laughs> no. People want to go at that low hanging fruit with Duke and Roadblock and Cobra Commander. It's like, all right, so I'm when you. Or what? October Guard. October Guard. There you go. They pushed out some kind of weird choices in that last two years. <laughs> that line, though. I mean, they like they they hit you right in wave one with a blowtorch, and Major Blood was one of the first bad guys. And not that Major Blood's really obscure for GI Joe, but mm. not he he's never in that first four or five bad guys that came rolling out. So it was it was kind of it was different. Oh well. Next news item. Do, 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 do. 
Oh, we're back? Yeah. All right. Keeping you on your toes. All right. ASICs, the sneaker people, did release two G.I. Joe-themed gel light sneakers. Uh, one was a black snake eyes motif. The other was a white storm shadow motif. Those retailed for approximately $120, which means it was nice looking at pictures of them on the Internet, but no thank you. Um, <laughs> they weren't bad-looking shoes. For a couple of years, they're casual shoes and sneakers. They were really, and maybe it was just me getting old, but, man, they were just out there. And so it's it's kind of nice the last couple of years to see that the style on them get toned back down a little bit and the colors are getting back to black, white, gray, maybe blue, you know, more neutral type colors. But, Joe Colton, you see those? Yeah. What would you think? I wanted them, but HVAC needed to be replaced. <laughs> Wait, the eight track needed to be replaced? H back. Oh. H back. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That okay. That's a big difference there. Bobby Vala. Yeah. Your thoughts. They're cool. If I if I got them, I wouldn't wear them. Not because <laughs> I, I think they're ugly, but it's like I wouldn't want them to get scuffed up. I yeah. wouldn't want them to anything to happen. So people that are into shoes, I find it kind of interesting because I always wanted to like talk to them and be like, well, do you wear them? Or do like do you just put them on shelf? I, I can get behind that if you just put them on shelf. I look at my room. I collect. I, I think it would be weird for me if like I got a pair of shoes and just didn't wear them. So it's a cool piece of art if, if you look at it in that sense. I think they did a, a good job with making it look like a Storm Shadow shoe. So the stuff they've been doing, like the other ones and stuff, are, are pretty cool. I kind of wish I was still at Hasbro because maybe I'd get a free pair of them or something like that. But... <laughs> If, yeah, if someone gave me a pair, I would definitely display them proudly in the Joe room. But um, I'll save my money for some Action Force stuff. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That $120 I didn't spend on ASICs, where's that going? There you go. Action Force yeah. Kickstarter. And the, the thing about ASICs is, is I have like a really high arch. So for running, ASICs are the only comfortable shoes for me. I'd wear them and they would probably feel pretty comfortable for me. Yeah, no, ASICs are really great shoes. They, yeah. they really are. I'm a big dude. We're, we're tough on footwear. But Asics <laughs> hold up pretty good. It's funny. Ni Nike's, Converse, Asics, and Converse is owned by Nike, so it's not like that's a big stretch. And then of all things, in, in third place on the pyramid is anything that you get for between 20 and $30. Those Brand X kind of shoes or yeah. maybe Champion. Champion, you know, yeah. One of those low-end lines, they're fantastic. <laughs> they are I got a pair of champion shoes. I had them for probably four years. They were just all black. There was nothing fancy about them at all. They were the most comfortable sneakers I think I've ever owned in my life. Hmm. And they held I, up that uh, long. If you like champions, I only know this because my wife and I were away this weekend, and we, we stopped in some mall. I guess Payless is going out of business like for good. Mm -hmm. So she's like, let me just go in and see if they have anything. And I went like the men's section. It was all it was was just champion shoes. I'm like, huh, a lot of champion shoes out there. Yeah. So you could probably get some cheap champion shoes at Payless right now. I, I don't need to because the ones I bought before that are still in good Last shape. forever. They, they're they <laughs> still hanging in there. There you go. I got a pair of Reeboks for working out, but that, like my casual shoes are all these Brand X no-name shoes, and they just they go for years. I'm cheap when it comes to me. Hey, if it works, man. Anyways, next news item. 
She's tired. We don't appreciate it. She's tired or <laughs> drunk. I'm not sure. We had this up on the page a couple days ago. Brian Miller is a, is a graphic artist. His San Diego Comic-Con exclusive prints are available on his website uh, with a 35% off code. That is YoJo35. And his site is at octopolis.com slash projects slash G.I. Joe versus... If, I bet you if you just go to the main site and just put G.I. Joe versus Cobra in the, the thing, it'll come up. Or you can visit us on Facebook where I've got the links right there. Good deal. If you're into prints, they are suitable for framing. They are 24 inches by 18 inches. One is of the G.I. Joe Sky Striker Squadron. Another is a Cobra Rattler Squadron. Very cool. They're numbered. They are limited to 200 sets. You get matching numbers, 35% off. So if, if prints are your thing, get on that one. Again, just visit our visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash watchonjoemind, and you'll certainly see that uh, in one of the very top posts on the page. And granted, give it seven, eight days, and it takes me to get this out. It'll still probably be one of the top posts on the page. So there's that one. We wanted to throw that in there. And that's the news. Thank you. That was that was spirited. Yes, thank you. Yeah, she got better as the show went on. <laughs> right. I drank more. <laughs> there, exactly. She got a little more wine in her, and that's kind of her. That's her gasoline. That's her go juice. Yeah. Always helps. In the day, it's coffee, and at night, it's wine. <laughs> Lunch, it's wine. Bumps. <laughs> wine, coffee. <laughs> Get some something. Yeah, you know. <laughs> That caffeine tryptophan trade-off, it just it gets you where you want to go. Right. <laughs> Next segment. Next segment is the post sock. Post sock. Post sock. <laughs> We're gonna mix this up because Joe out of the blue just decided she wanted to read the mailbag this year. This yeah. this time. Or the This the year. <laughs> Whatever. I'm I, see what I'm talking about, Bobby? People, Fired. people yeah. show up and want to take my jobs. Well, Fired. here you go. Here you go. All right. First up. First letter. Oh. Yep. What are some later additions to the line that now, you hold on, think hold on, of? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? You can't, you can't just get into it. You got to okay. tell it. You got to tell people where it's from, who it's from. Well, I was gonna ask the question, then say who it's from, via what avenue. Jeez, she just skipped all the foreplay and just went right to it. Man, <laughs> yeah, whew. Yeah. brutal. You have to talk to Wes. Yeah, I was just about to say, you should probably complain to him. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to care even less than you do. What are you talking about? <laughs> He'll probably just shrug and say, I try, but she just wants to, you know. <laughs> oh, God, this is going in a direction we don't need wow. to go. Yeah, it, just it usually turn. does about this point. Bobby, sorry. Sorry, this man. is the this is the point of the show where cop guy gets excited. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is the part of the sh- this is the segment of the program why there is cop guy. Yes. <laughs> Either that or my boobs or my height. Okay. Right now, can I ask the question? Can I read off the? I guess the... you can go back to the letter. All right. What are some later additions to the line that you think of as worthy of being core? Let's say post-1987 and post-1985, although I think he meant pre-1995. This is Ryan Costello via Facebook. So the second half of Real American Hero. I think I know Bobby Vala's answer. 
Well, I'm just looking because I have every figure ever made on my wall. So I'm looking. I have them in, in yearly order. And it's like, that's a there's a lot of guys post-87 that would be core. Like, well, Falcon was just on the cusp. He's 87. But yeah. That, that class of 87, throw them out. They're, they're, they're in. Hit and run is by far a core guy. Obviously, Steel Brigade is, is core for sure because you only did them every year for the next five years. <laughs> Big Boa's core. Crystal Ball is core. Uh, Alley Vipers. <laughs> I, I like watching him like look around his room. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of core guys. A lot of core guys. It's a loaded question because there's a lot of guys post 87 that are fantastic. Not, you know, fantastic, just looking figures, but fantastic characters as well. Yeah. There's a lot of them for sure. But yeah, I'm going to go with hit and run for sure is, is core to me and steel brigade is core to me. So yeah. And bad guys, I would say, is it bad to say Raptor? No, he was 87. <laughs> He might be the worst show ever made, he was, but I he love was, every bit of him. He was 87. He, he was. He does. He so. Oh, you're he's, right. He was. You're right. He was. Sorry. He was 87. Oh, Road Pig. Road Pig's core. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's that, Joe? He took one of my options. It's um, well, you can you can just agree. I agree. I mean, this isn't a contest. Well, I had him and Big Boa. Uh, Cobra. Yeah. I mean, we've had 30 versions of the Alley Viper since then, and he was an 88 oh, or 89, God. so that's that's something. Yeah, he was 89. It was amazing they got to him so late. He was yeah. great. Yeah. Like, him him and the Range Viper, him and the Range Viper are such badass-looking characters. Yeah, Range Viper is another good one. Cause that, yeah. that night, I always like the look of that, guys, with the weird, goofy grin and helmets. <laughs> I mean, in, in a world where... All of your villains suddenly had silver faceplates. All <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, you got the face of death looking at you through the... Yeah. All about the Range Viper. Mark, Mark Webber would definitely say Interrogator. I think that's like his favorite Joe. Yeah. Well, Cobra, but... Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think Cobra tended to be more distinctive late than Joe did. <laughs> I agree. Some, some of the Joes after 87 the doubling up on jobs starts to get real bad repeater was was a good one mm -hmm. you know he kind of mm -hmm. misses that one but but you know you get guys like charbroil and charbroil is just another dude with a flamethrower and um true is big bear a bad is that a good pick i don't know he, like he was good i i would i would go red star over big bear yeah as far yeah, as core yeah yeah, yeah. as far as core big ben Mm-hmm. Big Ben. Uh, Big Ben was in like one of my favorite years. 91. 91 was so good. Cause I was born in 82. So the later 80s and the early 90s were like more core for me than like 85 and 86. Yeah. So like when General Hawk came out with a jetpack, I was like, sign me up. <laughs> Dad, take me to KB. <laughs> I want that figure. Eddie's in charge. Awesome. Right, <laughs> you kids. never see a leader flying his ass in the battle. He's little Teddy Roosevelt action there. Yeah, and straight. But uh, what about vehicles? Anything? We got to give Joe a minute to pull up Yo. Yeah, uh, I'll give Joe a minute. Uh, the Rolling Thunder for sure, because that was always my favorite vehicle. 
as uh, growing up as a kid. I think um, the only picture of me I have as like a little kid that's related to Joe was it's me on my sixth, my seventh birthday, and I'm holding the Rolling Thunder box, and it's like. I could barely hold it. It's so massive. And I have that framed like next to my rolling thunder over here. <laughs> uh, so that was always one of my favorite vehicles. And the oddly enough, the battle wagon I thought was cool just because it had a, a motorized Gatling gun. There you go. You're maybe the only person we've encountered so far that is on record as a battle wagon fan. <laughs> I mean, the color sucked ass, but it was just a cool vehicle. Sky Havoc. Ooh. There we go. Uh, I don't know if I'd call that core. Little bling. It's a little yeah. bling. Just, just a chrome havoc. Yeah. It's not that much sky about it. <laughs> I'm just saying. A little judgy. I am. That's what the question asked us to do. What's your pick, sir? I've already given. How have you not been paying attention? Oh wait. I oh, never listened to you. The answer is, of course not. No. <laughs> What's our next question? Thoughts on animal theming cobra stuff that's not snake related. Ryan Costella again via Facebook. So, at some point you're going to run out of snakes, right? Yeah. Is this I think this is just a just kind of a clever way to to ask us our thoughts on the buzzbore. <laughs> that's all it is. He's just trying to subvert the buzzbore into up-to-date conversation mm -hmm. which you know we've known ryan costello a long time i wouldn't put it past him you have to take pity on the poor vehicle designers you try naming all those things after animals and snakes and yeah and reptiles i'm trying to think of like gnarly animals that would be good villains but the joes like took like a warthog a warthog's a gross looking animal be a good bad guy vehicle. No, yeah. Joe's took it. Yeah. You ever see a Wolverine? That's a nasty looking like rodent animal. Mm. We have these things in New England. They're called Fisher cats. They're like yeah. disgusting, nasty weasels. But <laughs> Fisher cat's really not a cool name. Yeah, the cobra so it weasel. Has something really cool and gnarly. Get the cobra weasel going. Weasel. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what that would do. Anyway. Like a, a hyena. A hyena is a nasty animal. It is. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of what was out there that wasn't animal or snake related. I'm sorry. Um, animal theme cobra that's not snake related. I mean, you know what? The hammerhead. Hammerhead was pretty cool and it looked like a hammerhead. Yeah. So I, I don't have bad feelings there. The buzzbore is terrible. Buzzbore is terrible. It is. It is almost from a different line. It's so terrible. It was so terrible that they put it into Rise of Cobra. Of course. Functionally, if nothing else. Mm. Buzzbore versus weird drill thing. That's a tough fight right there. That's a tough <laughs> battle. I might have to go Buzzbore on that one. Mm. That might be the one fight where Buzzbore wins. I'd yeah, maybe. Bigger surface area. It maybe. It disturbs me a little bit that I've d dedicated this much thought to this. <laughs> So anyways, Ryan Costello, my, my general thought is we got to let him off the hook at some point. You guys agree? Yeah, there's only so many snakes out there. Yeah. yeah. Give him a break. Lighten up, Ryan Costello. Lighten up. So, so intense. <laughs> Man, Cobra just got to be on brand all the time. Look out. <laughs> What's our next letter, Joe Colton? 
do you think that a G.I. Joe reboot moves forward with a new set of characters or do they try to fix his existing and iconic characters into whatever new situation they create they tried it before with extreme and it didn't go over they've also tried using the real american hero characters in things like sigma six and that didn't work either personally i think the real american hero characters are probably still the faces of the franchise just like the way characters like Optimus Prime and Megatron keep showing up in every new run of Transformers. There was a ton of world building that was done back in the 80s that wasn't done for toys before then, and I don't know if Hasbro can afford to throw that out wholesale. Also, can you think of some more things that will make Dave Draper's head explode? Discuss. Rob Irizarry via email. Yes, that's that. My brother wrote an email to to the show, uh, <laughs> but I think on the very last episode that we did, I basically said the same thing. Yeah. Before he had a chance to write this email, even. So, yeah, like if, if GI Joe going forward is it's going to involve Duke, Snake Eyes, Roadblock, Cobra Commander, Baron. They they've invested too much time, too much marketing. Those characters have just an instant recognizability and I mean that stuff just don't go wrong tree they might wind up in completely different situations it's not going to be necessarily the same character Duke as Duke was before but yeah it, the basics are going to be there I don't I don't think they're going to just toss the baby out with the bathwater I, I think you got to give yourself a little bit of an in and the, those existing characters are that little bit of an in Bobby you're more of a you're more of a trained professional on this one. What you got? Well, looking at it from the point of view of someone who just stole a trademark, yes. you also want to protect those trademarks. As of right now, it looks like they have no plans to do any product unless there's any sort of entertainment. If anyone thinks that that's not the case, then where's your Joe product been for the last five years? But mm. that's the that's the case. That's the the world we live in. Things have to be tied to entertainment. Thanks Disney. If they want to protect those trademarks, you know, they have to get the characters out within three years. So, for instance, something like, well, trademarks are good for you got to use it within three years. After three years, then it, it can technically go abandoned and anyone can kind of swoop in and take it. Mm. So when the Revolutions Comic-Con set came out and there was Roadblock in that set, that was due to a, a trademark issue. That was because they were coming up on the end of the, the run for Roadblock and they needed to do it so that it, it revitalized the trademark. So that's why Roadblock was put into that set. Another character was supposed to be in his place. Really? So, yeah, that's an instance where that is. But, you know, you it's, know it's it easy to put in a Comic-Con in it. But right now there's no product out. So say hypothetically the Snake Eyes movie happens and it's Snake Eyes and you get a Storm Shadow that will protect it. You'll do figures of that. But Hasbro will most likely do some sort of throwback collector little bit of small segment to try to get characters like Duke, Cobra Commander out there to revitalize those trademarks. So from, from that instance, it behooves them to use core characters because they need to stop people like me from going and stealing their shit. <laughs> 
So with uh, this uh, that whatnot line with the characters that were there, would that satisfy those requirements? So they are since they are not a technically not a Hasbro product. Which ones? The super deformed two and a half inch figures we were talking about a few minutes ago. Yes, because things that the club put out, anything that's licensed, it still has your branding on it. So that's toy. I guess, yeah, that, I guess that, that does renew it for them. So that, that does save them. It's a good point. And that will save them in that, that category. You know, but it's also trademarks last for other categories also. So that's why you see things like shoes and T-shirts and hats and stuff like that. Like all that weird licensing. That's to just keep that stuff active. Larry's comic, I'm sure, checks a lot of boxes too. It, it, yeah, it check it checks the publication, you know, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. It only it only does publication. Yeah, I, d- uh, I just meant for for a yeah. lot of different characters. Oh, sure. You know, yeah, he did. Yeah, it's, it's like oh, you get this guy the one one panel and mention his name once, and you're good to go. Yeah, that's the publication box, but it's a lot of publication boxes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe Colton. Yes. Can you think of anything that would make Dave Draper's head explode? Probably his puppet. He's got a puppet? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> you got to head to YouTube. Check out our friends at Toy World Order. Yes. Ah, uh, all right. It's a thing to be seen. Let me write that down. Yeah. Toy, <laughs> Toy World Order. Puppet Duvall. Yes. I love Puppet Duvall. I was going to make up an outfit for him. Dave is the voice of Puppet Duvall. And so, yes. Oh, you're doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby is like, waiting around. He's like, I got to know this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, immediately, I'm subscribing to them now on YouTube so I can listen to it this week. There you go. There you go. Done. God. I'm always looking for like new podcasts to put on like while I'm like doing work so I don't get sucked into like a movie and then I two hours go by and I didn't do any work. <laughs> Yeah, well, I can't. J- I can't watch anything either. I have to have like something, podcasts that. Yeah. While I sew, because otherwise I get sucked in within thirty seconds. I'm like, oh, what's this? <laughs> but Jason Duvall and Dave Draper, they also do a podcast. You can find that on their website at toyworldorder.com. They are great friends of ours and our show. So, they actually put one out every week too. So if you got an hour or so every week, there you go. <laughs> Fill in those gaps in between what's on Joe Mind episodes. <laughs> I know you can listen to us and then listen again and again, but you know that fourth time gets a little tedious, I'm sure. So you can fill that spot with, with some Dave and Duvall. <laughs> Joe Colton, is that it for postsoc? It is. All right. So remember to everybody keep those letters coming. You can reach us at what's on Joe Mind at oh, gmail dot no, What? <laughs> We have a we have a last minute question from Mark Weber. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. He sent so, it to my Facebook page. All right. I don't even know this one, so there you I go. I was gonna ask where that question came from. Did he know I was gonna be on? Tonight? I I posted that I'm recording and that you're a guest. Gotcha. Okay. So Mark Weber is asking to ask Bobby how Deadpool earned him twenty dollars. That's a great story. Let me grab the visual so we can talk about it. Oh, All God. Right. <laughs> I have the $20 bill, so oh. it'll make sense with the story. So I, I thought about this when I, because she put it in the in the, the comments, and I, I, I've been thinking about it since 
I saw it and I'm like, yeah, I can talk about it because my severance is up so I can talk about anything as long as it doesn't infringe on any sort of covert stuff or anything like that, like what happens in Avengers or anything. But so, yeah, I can tell the story. It's going to make this person look a little bad, but I don't really care because that place is bad. So I was on... I was on Marvel for years there, and it's no secret, you know, marketers are, they're tough to work with. The marketing design relationship, no matter what, you know, I'm sure someone there that's still there will say, oh, it's great. No, we work really close. No, the, the marketing design relationship there is like oil and water. Mm. So there's a lot of the marketers there that they're just not too fond of. But, you know, one of the head guys, I like him personally. Working with him was difficult. He was very, very conservative. He didn't like trying new things. So it made it made things really difficult. But, you know, I liked him personally. We, you know, I thought he was a great guy. We hung out a lot. And he has yet to reach out to me since the layoff. So I don't think highly of that. But whatever. So anyway, to the story. So this individual, we were in the hallway just shoot, shooting the shit, And it was right before... Deadpool was going to come out maybe about a month before it was going to come out now me because I know the community and the, the the consumer and the people that purchase Marvel and comic related things and especially Deadpool I knew what a phenomenon Deadpool was going to be like I, I knew it I knew it was going to be huge and we were talking about it and he said, yeah, it's, it's going to do okay with the fans. Like, it'll, it'll do really well there. But he goes, the general public just won't get behind it. And I was so, like, shocked by those comments. And I almost took them personally. That I said, that, that movie's going to make $300 million domestically. And he just stuck out his hand and said, I bet you 20 bucks. I could have snatched his hand quicker. So that was the bet. The bet was Deadpool makes $300 million domestically. And I couldn't have felt more confident about that bet. And I'm a betting man. So Deadpool comes and you all saw what happened. It made, I don't know, I think it made like $300 million domestically in like the first week and a half. Yeah. So it just, it destroyed it. And I laughed about it the whole time. And he was, I think he was on vacation when that happened. So then he got back and, uh, and then I think I was on vacation so I, I hadn't seen him for like a month or two after that. And by then the movie made, you know, $700 million. And it was crazy, just like I said it would be. And then I get to work one day and tape to my, my computer screen is a $20 bill. And it says, Bobby was right. And then I proceeded to dress it up a little bit so that I always remember what the bet was for so that <laughs> hold on okay got it yeah got it okay <laughs> so i was i knew i was never going to spend this 20 dollars bill when the layoff happened this was like one of the first things i grabbed because i had it pinned like right above my computer so i saw it every day Every day I had a $20 bill from a vice president at Hasbro saying that me, a lowly senior designer, was right. So that just goes to show you 
who should be trusting who. Know uh, your audience. <laughs> I ended up being right about a lot of other things after that, but this was like one of those things I had proof of. <laughs> so it's, it's one of my, my favorite things that I have. And Mark always just got a kick out of that story as much as I did, I guess. So that's funny that he he has to tell it. I've never I've never told that story publicly. So now now everyone knows it. Now it's a what's on Joe Mind exclusive. There you go. You want it exclusive, there you go. There it is. First time ever shown. Twenty dollar <laughs> Deadpool bill. Andrew Andrew Deadpool Jackson, which is right. Which is more accurate than I'd care to really talk about, but Andrew Deadpool Jackson, he's making. I it hope. Uh, I hope there's like uh, what is it? The six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I hope by some chance with that it gets back to Ryan Reynolds, and he sees that and he hears a story, and then he's like, "Hey, man, that's really cool." We can. <laughs> I don't think that's that, gonna yeah. happen though. That really was we could like, happen. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a really sweet Canadian. So. <laughs> we, Joe is Canadian, so you know, since they all know one another. Yeah, we're taking over the world slowly. He is obligated. To listen to a podcast <laughs> that has one of his his countrywomen. There you so go. His, his colleagues. <laughs> oh, people ask me sometimes, does it hurt being that full of crap? And no, uh, not really. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, not so much. You get used to it. You kind of stretch out after a while. It, it you accommodate. You know, it all works. So, uh, Joe, what else we got in the mailbag? Uh, that's it. All right. Hmm. Awesome. So that leads us to what we got in, which is the segment where we talk about, you know, what we bought. Joe Colton, what'd you get in this week, month? What did I? Oh, so I'm trying to put together my October guard box. Yes. Concept, and I got two more dark gray iron grenadiers. Okay. Thought you had those already. No, no. I had the light gray. Okay. Yeah. Now it's the other side, and it's going to get expensive. Yeah. But there's a guy on, on uh, Facebook, a Canadian, trying to get rid of it. But I don't know if he – he wants to trade modern female figures plus money. And I'm like, I'm the wrong person to trade female figures for. Mm-hmm. With. So you're a bit he's of a like, whore. there's a bunch of FSS that I want. I go, yeah, you're not getting those. I'll just give you cash. <laughs> <laughs> They'll learn. <laughs> Yeah, what they will. <laughs> what else you got, Joe? I think he just thought I was like some girl who just wanted to to get figures for her like boyfriend, and I'm like, no, I'm the collector in this house. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you're crazy, even. Yeah. Yeah. People people don't understand when you, we don't. Joe Colton is not on this show because Joe Colton is the token female. No. Token female. No, she she might be in deeper than anybody else who's been on this show before. Jeez. That person was the token female. Wow. Wow. I've not been here. Ah, wow. Going right after him. <laughs> Although I, I mean really what how how bad is that? You know, we're sitting there. Oh yeah, he just called her a woman. How terrible. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure. We're progressive. We're we've woken yes. up. Mm, sorry. Anyways, what else you get in, Joe Colton? I got a art piece that was, it's an original by Chris Cargill. It's a Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. It's oh, a nice. sort of a, co- uh, a copy, but originally painted of her in her Catwoman outfit. I'm a huge Catwoman fan. So 
You gonna put it over the fireplace? There's no fireplace in here. What? I gotta figure out where to put it. You've been to my house. There's no fireplace. I've put a fake one wrong, there in my brain. Wrong house. Could be. When I first pulled in and <laughs> went to the wrong house, that was when. That was it. They had a fire. <laughs> yep. Wrong house. <laughs> I, I went I to the D.C. area got... for the first time last winter, Bobby, just before Christmas. And <laughs> gotcha. I, the, the, yeah. the Joe Colton household was kind enough to let me in for a few days. And All right. It was nice having you. Yeah, I, I'm a good guest. I'm I'm really not half the <laughs> I come off as on the show. So. No, you just double. Wow. <laughs> Savages. Well, I had a commission done of the Wonder Woman shield that she has in Justice League. That's cool. Yeah. That's all I got. Is that different than the one that she had in, in her own movie? Yeah. Okay. Because I've seen Wonder Woman a couple times, but I really only kind of half watched Justice League once. So Justice League was pretty crummy. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, and again, <laughs> it's it's not her fault really. It just it, Justice League was was not. When you get Superman and Batman wrong, you just don't have a Justice League movie. Right, and then Flash is awful. You know. Yeah. Wait, you thought Superman was wrong? In what sense? Oh. I, I like the DC expanded universe. Superman is wrong in like every sense. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he doesn't work for me. Superman. Well, like Man of Steel or like Justice League. <sighs> I'm trying to like I'm trying to separate them in my head because I really like Justice League was better than any of either of the Superman solo movies. I'll give it that. <laughs> but. Like, I just, he was so broody and whiny and just, eh. How dare you? Eh. Hey, at least he wasn't eh. as bad as The Flash. The Flash yeah. was brutal. Yeah. Brutal. But His I run thought, annoyed me. Oh, right? His run was so weird looking. And he, like, he did the, the weird facial expressions. He was, like, uber nerdy and awkward. And, like, he was just. Ah! Yeah, when when I was reading this week that he wasn't coming back for any fl future Flash projects, I was like, well, yeah, don't let the door hit you. <laughs> no loss. But I felt that Henry Cavill was probably one of the greatest castings in a superhero movie in a long, long time. I just felt like he was everything I was missing previously from a Superman. I looked at him and I was like, that's Superman. Yeah, he looks like Superman. Oh, oh yeah. and I'm not I'm not really pinning it on him. I think he did a fine job in terms of what he was asked to do. I got gotcha. you. I'm putting the failure of the Superman <clears throat> entries as more of a writing and directing failure than a casting failure. I got gotcha. you. Uh, he was fine. There wasn't anything wrong with him. It's kind of a missed opportunity for him because there aren't a whole lot of folks in Hollywood, I think, that could have filled the boots as as easily as he did from a, a physical standpoint, from a demeanor standpoint, from a, you know, yeah. from as far as just being on camera and looking at it and saying, yes, that dude is Superman, just very in a very similar way that it was a generation ago with Christopher Reeve. Whatever that was, he had it. It, yeah. But unfortunately, just the, the material they gave him to work with let him down. So the writing. Yeah. And and again, the the directing didn't help things either. It didn't, anyways, 
Bobby Fowler, what you got in? I've actually kind of come down with, with getting anything in. I, I mean, you see my room. It's like I have packages come every day. But um, <laughs> if you guys have seen, I, I'm I'm a huge Steel Brigade fan. I think Carson has called me the world's number one Steel Brigade fan, which was a big compliment. Did you but, have a um, website? I did, yeah. So I created a Steel Brigade tracker website because I, I, I love them so much. I started tracking everyone They're that's intense. out there in the wild. So it's the one thing I search on eBay for daily. So oh I try to, God. if there's one with, with the, the file card, which are hard to get, and that's the one thing that is trackable, I, I try to buy it. So I got one of those in recently. And then the other thing I got in just today, and I'm actually, I got it in today, and then I immediately put it up for sale, was I got Jabba's sale barge. Oh. So Hasbro was dumb enough to give uh, Hasbro employees a discount. And I was like, yeah, obviously I'll buy it for a discount. So uh, I bought it and then got laid off. And I said, well, I'm immediately selling that thing. So I'm going <laughs> to sell that and put that money put that money into sculpts for Action Force figures. So go. I got it in, opened the box. All right, everything's good. All right, up for sale. So that that's what I got in today. thing is enormous, absolutely <laughs> enormous. Are you a big Star Wars guy, Bobby? Or are you just, just getting in um, on that because you could? I mean, I grew up on it. So it's like I collected them when I was a kid. And then uh, I tried to collect because I have no more Joe stuff to buy. It's like I got everything. But, you know, as a collector, it's a sickness and you got to buy stuff. So I was like, what am I going to buy? I'm like, I'll just go back and buy all the vintage Star Wars figures again. So I started to buy them and I was like two thirds of the way in. And then I was like, what am I doing? I don't even have room for these. So I should sell them. And I ended up selling them for like more than double what I paid for them. So I was like, well, that was a good investment. Then I just put that back in, into the company and was able to get more stuff sculpted and it'll get used for character art and all sorts of stuff for Action Force. So anytime I can put it into the company, that's always good. But yeah, yeah. that worked out. That's, all right. that's it. Yeah. If this was a month ago, I'd probably have like 25 different things I could probably tell you that I got in. <laughs> uh, that's all right. We used to have to sit through that a lot with Godso. Oh, I bet. He was the scourge of eBay. <laughs> that's like when i go to daryl's house and i see like everything daryl gets and i'm like i thought you have everything he's like yeah but it was a good deal he buys like if something's good he'll buy it so he's got like 10 of one thing and this and that just because it's like oh well it's good it was nice it was a really good shape or he's really funny the, the stuff he buys yeah when mark hosted end of the year last year he told the story at joe con of daryl trying to store a oh, bug. bug yeah the bug that he bought because he, yeah. he got a great deal on it. It was complete. and yeah. <laughs> But then he had to go work the Hasbro table. <laughs> Happens. Couldn't, couldn't put the bug in the case because you don't want people to think that a bug's coming. And <laughs> Yeah. So now we got that story. I'm kind of with you at this point. I pick up odds and ends here and there. I certainly don't have everything. Mm-hmm. I don't want everything. At some point, I'll probably get around to picking up the more obscure figures from 82 to 94, but it's not like I need to, like, I'm not I'm not going out and army building everything like some guys who get into this hobby do. Um, yeah. Just don't have the need for that kind of clutter. But, yeah, I can't say I made any huge notable purchases. I'm trying to cut back on those because, frankly, he's the character that maybe best epitomizes our experience on the planet earth i picked up the the ducktales donald duck today nice because donald is he's the man 
like I I don't really care for the classic the classic Disney library, but Donald Duck may be my favorite cartoon character individually. Period. He wakes up. He he embraces the start of the day. He's gonna get things done. Something happens, and he tries to brush it off, and it happens again, and he tries to brush it off again. Then it happens again, and the dude explodes in a ball of fury, and nothing goes right for the rest of his day. And then eventually, he he just he he goes to bed with it all going wrong, regardless, and that's all he can do. Like, tell me, Donald Duck is not all of us. Yeah, it's life. Yeah, no 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 character encapsulates the human condition like a pantsless sailor duck. <laughs> You know? Show me one person who's a real-life Mickey, and I'll show you 100,000 that are real-life Donalds. We're all Donald. And it's not even a question of, I understand that your favorite may not be Donald, but, I mean, my favorite is Donald for that reason, but you you can, people love Bugs Bunny, but nobody's Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple of people kind of come off that way, but they're more Donald than they just like you to let on. You know, people, nobody's Daffy. <laughs> <laughs> so no we're all donald so that's why i love donald i needed a donald to to put on the shelf and he was on clearance at the target for five bucks so i feel like wow. i feel like i snookered the people at target today good deal putting an icon on my shelf for a lincoln <laughs> <laughs> and instead of what we got in it's mike rants about crazy crap but that's yeah. all we got in Shout out to that portion of the show where we give homage to the people who matter the most. Joe Colton, who are we shouting out to? Well, one of the garrisons of the finest, the 234 Tiger Hawks, they had a con and they had an amazing display that was very 80s-tastic. And they doubled the amount of money that they did last year for the Canines for Warriors charity. Cool. So I'm very proud of them. And William for agreeing to do Shazam. And Wes and Maggie for helping with everyone's sanity. <laughs> and so, prop making. <laughs> so when you say willing to do Shazam, what are we talking about here? We said, you should do Shazam. And he said, okay. You mean as a costume? As a costume. Okay. And... He used to make fun of me when I would get paid gigs to dress up as Wonder Woman or another costume and go to events. And now he's getting paid. And I was like, so much for being not being a diva. <laughs> I was like, welcome to my world. He's like, it's so stressful. He's like, everybody thinks it's easy. And it's I'm I'm like anxiety. I'm like, yeah, welcome. Welcome to this side. <laughs> it's not as easy as you think. <laughs> he's a pretty short Shazam. He is uh, a short Shazam, but he looks kind of like Zachary Levi. He's got the hair. His face sculpt <laughs> is very Zachary Levi. I don't mean that, that I'm going to make him into a doll, but just <laughs> that came out so creepy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that he's a big dude. Yeah. I've seen him in person. He is a very well-built man. He's tall and he's been hitting the weights. Yeah. The costume that he wears, they made 10 of those. It's a mil- They're a million dollars together. Each one of those suits cost $100,000. Wow. It was f***ing insane. Jeez. Yeah. We found the fabric in Europe, obviously. 
and of had it right <laughs> like where do you go for your fabric oh we go to europe <laughs> and so what we didn't know at the time was they don't sell fabric on bolts they sell it on sheets because they have to print it with a texture and it's only so big and there has to be fabric on the outside so you don't even get a full yard so we miscalculated so we had to order more and he was a little nervous that it wouldn't get here in time and he wouldn't have arms but it's all good i finished it aren't you happy bobby that you have a nice low cost hobby (laughs) like designing entire lines of action figures Uh, if i showed you my cost sheet it wouldn't look that low to you So what, who else you shouting out to, Jill Colton? Maggie and Wes for helping me, keep me sane. Maggie helped with making part of the costume, like the cape. And Wes made the gauntlets so I didn't have to go crazy. Nice. But yeah. Good deal. Is that it? Papa Shemaftos is coming. <laughs> Who's that? My dad is coming to town. Gotcha. So he'll be Tis... here this month. His turn. <laughs> That's it. I'm good. Bobby Valla, who you shouting out to? I would say my sculptors right now, because they're just killing it right now. My portion's a little over. I did all the, the, the work designing, and now it's it's all in their hands to make it awesome. So Arlen Pelletier, he's amazing. He's doing a, a line called Unslain. You can follow him on Instagram. His work's fantastic. He's doing my head sculpts. Grace Chung, she is not on Instagram, but she's doing... She did the Swarm Trooper sculpt that I... I put on uh, all my social media pages. She's just a rock star. Fantastic, fantastic sculptor. She just sent me uh, a new round of stuff today, and I'm, like, blown away by it. I have to make, like, barely any comments on it because she's so good. She follows, like, my artwork to a T, which is great. Another person that's doing sculpts for me, he's asked to remain anonymous, but he <laughs> wanted to be referred to as Toyrannosaurus Rex. So... That's a little shout out to my my three sculptors that are doing work. And I have, you know, other sculptors also uh, anonymous that are working on stuff for me, too. But uh, those three are are killing it for me. So big shout out to them for all the great work that you guys have been seeing on the posts. Uh, it's all them. Very cool. See, you did fine. You weren't prepared, all, even <laughs> all, despite me giving you a rundown. You, you weren't. But you were you were not ready. <laughs> I know it was it was a long rundown. I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna go with the flow. I'll, I won't read all this. There you, well, see, you did you did great. Don't listen. Thanks. Thanks. It's true. It's true. You're so judgy today. A little liquor helped. There right. you go. See, always. Always. I have to be judgy. I got a regular co-host going after me at every turn. <laughs> what is up you with that? <laughs> what is up, indeed? Well, Legs isn't on the show, so I can't bug him. See, I take offense to that. (laughs) You're the voice. I'm just saying my legs are delightful. Okay. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) My shout-outs, of course. Despite not being here, Carson, he still gets a shout-out. Joe, you get a shout-out. Bobby, shout-out for joining us. I know we, we, good Lord, we were trying to track you down for a couple weeks, didn't we? Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm here. So I was just, just waiting, just waiting until you got me on. So, but thank you. Thank you. No worries, sir. Once we get closer to Kickstarter time, keep us posted. We will certainly 
make time for you again to, to get that awesome. started so we can talk about all the ins and outs of, of running the Kickstarter and what folks can get for, for their hard-earned shekels. Yeah, I'll have to come on again. I'm going to be working the corner, whoring this thing out as soon as it starts. So, uh, yeah, I'll be on. <laughs> That's what we do best, man. Yes. We work the corner. That's what we do. I got my nightly best that I'm going to be putting on working that corner. The, Hard. Uh, the What's on Joe Mind record on Kickstarters, we got a good record. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Every so often, somebody doesn't make it, but we're, we're probably batting 90%. So Awesome. Uh, I, hey, I'll go with that. I'll take 90%. 90%. 90 we're taking it to the bank. Love it. We have nothing to do with it, frankly, but whatever. <laughs> hey, whatever <laughs> no, helps, man. We're just going to be yes. here for, we're going to watch other people do the real work and swoop in and take credit. That's what we do. Hey, what's wrong with that? <laughs> that? Work smarter. Exactly. <laughs> so shout out to our sponsors, uh, to all of our regular listeners, and to the folks who make this thing go. Thanks again for being patient. Uh, we always appreciate it. We know we're not out there as often as a lot of other programs, but frankly, it's a little slow in the world of G.I. Joe right now. So rather than drop a whole bunch of stuff on you that you don't come to us for, we're going to take our time and, and do good product for you to, to listen to for your your long car rides. We'd like to take a moment to thank our fine sponsors, AVAX Lab, for high quality custom heads, weapons, vehicles, and parts for your GI Joe figures, head to avaxlab.com. It's a great place to get a little head. Roma Collectibles, the official Vagabond Hobo retailer of What's on Joe Mind. Check out romacollectibles.com for their convention schedule. Roma Collectibles is an official retailer for Boss Fight Studio. The Finest. The Finest is the largest G.I. Joe cosplay organization in the U.S. and is regularly represented by our own Joe Colton. The Finest has raised over $70,000 for various military assistance organizations. Find out more and pick up some G.I. Joe cosplay tips and guidelines at thefinestcc.com. 3djoes.com, the online home of our own Carson Metaxas, 3djoes.com offers an in-depth look at G.I. Joe from 1982 to 1994. Check out figures, artwork, books, and more at 3djoes.com. All the cool stuff. The official brick-and-mortar retailer of What's on Joe Mind in the UK. All the cool stuff has a huge selection of G.I. Joe, Action Force, Transformers, Lego, and more. Check them out in Fordingbridge or at allthecoolstuff.co.uk. Kokomo Toys. The official brick-and-mortar retailer of What's on Joe Mind in the U.S. Kokomo Toys is your source for G.I. Joe, Funko Pops, Marvel Legends, Boss Fight Studio, and more. Visit their megastore in Kokomo, Indiana, one hour north of Indianapolis, and online at kokomotoys.com. Thanks again for tuning in to What's on Joe Mind. Remember that you can contact us anytime by email at whatsonjoemind at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at at WOJM Podcast. We're on our self-titled Facebook page, or you can reach us by voicemail at 262-515-9656. We look forward to your feedback, questions for the post-sock, episode ideas, and any other correspondence from Joe fans. For my co-host, Joe Colton, my special guest, Bobby Valla. This is Mike Irizarry. Have a great evening. Make tomorrow a better day. Have a good night. Good night. See ya. 
Oh